0: Hey, everybody, it's Aaron Califato, and this is a guest episode of Seven Minute Stories. Now, ironically, we had the State of the Union address a couple of days ago, and this week's guest story features Nina Turner. Nina is a political star in her own right. She's a former senator from the state of Ohio, my home state, and she's the current co-chair of the Bernie Sanders 2020 campaign. She's a fantastic speaker and an even better person. But the reason why I say ironic is because, look, you know this. There's no way around this. Our political conversation digitally, our discourse, whatever you want to call it in the last few years has been toxic. It's been damaging um, for the American people. So polarized. And it's at times like these where I really try to turn to story or investigate people's stories to understand how I want to navigate the choices that I make rather than just reacting to headlines and getting angry at people. And so this interview I did with Nina was back in 2016 and the reason why i'm presenting it now as a as a guest story because it still sticks with me to this day how real it was and how vulnerable and emotional she was about telling her own story sharing her experiences about her grandmother her mom her upbringing in cleveland how all of those things came together to shape how she treats people and her career and all of that so Listen, regardless of your political affiliation, let's throw that out of the way just for at least seven minutes. Take that out of the way, and I think you'll appreciate, as I did, um, from a from a narrative perspective and a human perspective, seven real minutes with Nina Turner. Enjoy. Do you know that you give off a vibe that's very welcoming? Because right now I'm feeling really good.
1: Good. I'm glad, Aaron. I'm told that I try very hard to do that. I think it's part of my nature, too, but Mm -hmm. I'm very cognizant of it. And especially if you're somebody that has any type of power, Mm. perceived power, real power, whatever, I, I think it's vitally important that you give off that kind of vibe. So it's naturally who I am. You know, I cry. I mean, my, I was watching Cinderella this mm-hmm. four o'clock, four o'clock this morning when I couldn't go to sleep. Mm-hmm. I woke up and my husband knows that I love Cinderella and I'm watching it and I'm crying because the father is dying and he's saying to his son, you know, in these last few moments, I hope I can be the type of father that you deserve. And I'm crying like a baby, you know, so I am a very sensitive person and people might not know that about me because of my public persona. So to hear you say that about me means more to me than anything, because I want to treat everybody like they are special. No matter how titled you are, you are not entitled. And so you, especially when you're a public figure, it's the people's power. And I remember one of my mentors, another one of my mentors, Ryan McLean, who was the first African-American woman senator in the state of Ohio in the 80s. I didn't work for her until the 90s. But she would always say, when I leave, I'm paraphrasing, when I leave this seat, Mm. this power is going to somebody else. Mm. So why get all caught up in it when it's really not your power, it's the people's power. And you can afford, and when you're powerful, and I know your listeners can't see my air quotes. Yeah, but you're doing them. Because you don't... (laughs) You do not have to be in elected office to be powerful, but when you are powerful, in my mind, you could afford to be gracious.
0: How involved was your grandmother in your life growing up? Let's let's just do kind of go back Ooh, if we can.
1: Very very involved. She was the matriarch of of uh, our family. My yeah. grandmother and my grandfather. Even we talk. I was closer to my grandmother, but. Mm. You know, my grandmother had a third-grade education. My grandfather had a slightly higher education than she did. They were both born in the early 1900s, so Uh she was born in 1913. And, you know, being African American, I mean, they had it hard. This was not a beautiful place. It's still hard for black folks today, but especially for the baby boom generation and, and generations even before them in terms of being African American. But they worked really hard. They were solidly middle class. My mother was an only child, and I say was because uh, she died when she was 42. Mm. And uh trying not to break down, but I am. Uh, sometimes I can talk about her and not cry, but I'm feeling her spirit, too. Yeah. And she died with her dreams deferred. Langston Hughes, one of my favorite poets, has a poem. That says, Yeah, mm. what happens to a dream deferred? And not only did she die at the age of 42, aneurysm burst in her brain, so it was totally unexpected. You know, I saw her that morning. Mm -hmm. I was a sophomore at Cuyahoga Community College where we are right now, where futures begin. I'm a first-generation college graduate. This institution gave Mm -hmm. me, I earned my first degree from this institution. But to go back, you know, so my my grandmother, my mother was an only child, and she got married really young. My parents' marriage didn't last, so mm-hmm. I grew up the majority of my life in a single-parent household. So my grandmother was the one that was there primarily when we needed money or we didn't have food or my mother didn't have the money to pay the utilities or we were being evicted.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: People see this Nina Turner in a blur. You know, they'll see me on MSNBC or CNN, and I'm always fighting something. Mm-hmm. But they never get a chance to see... Mm-hmm. the the true me or to be able to peel back the layers in the way that you're.
0: That's what I'm interested in. Yeah.
1: So yeah, my mother died on the system of welfare. She, she, but she was a middle-class child, two parent household, but things happen. Everybody doesn't run the race at the same pace. Uh 42 years old, aneurysm burst in her brain. She went into a coma, did not survive that coma. Did not have life insurance policy, had no money in the bank, seven children. I'm the oldest, and she died on the system of welfare. And so we had absolutely nothing but each other. My grandmother buried her daughter, which is out of the natural order of things, right? right? It should go the other way around, right? right? And my grandmother died four months after my mom. My grandmother had lung cancer, though, and that was in a way different, you know, for a almost 70 year old to die versus.
0: And how old were you at the time? I was 22. How, how the hell do you navigate <laughs> this? I lost my grandparent, one of my my grandmother when I was in college, but that was it. And it has. I've been fortunate that we we all, we all like have loss. Yes. And they slowly, you know, years go on and we, we start, we keep losing and losing. And I don't mean necessarily hope. Yeah. But we keep losing, losing the things and the people around us, yeah. the, you know. Uh, but to have that happen back to back, how how did you navigate that? It I'm was, sorry, I don't mean to, you know. No,
1: it was hard. It was because my grandmother was the rock. Right. You know, she had what we call an African-American community mother, which she didn't have a fancy degree, but she was one of the smartest women I have ever known. It was tremendously hard because my family, we didn't have the economic means. And it was only by the grace of God that I sit before you today you know with degrees and titles and influence you know mm-hmm. i got a chance to to be up close and be a national surrogate for someone running for the president of the United States of America mm-hmm. but if you look back on my journey it has not it has been one that uh, life ain't been no crystal stair, to to quote another langston hughes poem but i know that my my grandmother didn't live to see me graduate from college neither did my mother i was actually a sophomore here at this institution when my mother passed away Mm -hmm. and my grandfather lived another 10 years beyond having to bury his daughter first Mm -hmm. and then his wife and 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 then he lived another 10 years but that was a very this happened to me in the early 90s i'm 22 there's seven of us and my baby sister is 12. i'm married and i have a son and we have nothing in terms of economic resources so for me when people see me fight hard for the working poor because it's in me oh yeah um having colleges and universities you know in terms of the sanders plan paid for Mm -hmm. I'm a first generation college graduate and I know how important higher education was for me to help me change the trajectory of my life. But even more important for me, Aaron, was when my son became a second generation college Mm -hmm. graduate. Those things are real. So when you have someone saying, we're not gonna let millionaires and billionaires have it all, I think about my journey and my life and raising the $15 minimum wage and how much that would have meant to our family If my mother was able to make those kinds of wages, nobody wants to be poor. Nobody wakes up and says, you know, nobody's birthed into the world and say, oh, my God, when I grow up, yeah, I want to be poor. People aspire to be somebody and to do something that gives their life their lives meaning. But everybody doesn't run the race at the same pace. And so we all fall short. And it is because of my life's journey that I am such a fighter. One of my favorite quotes from Mother Jones is when she said, I will pray for the dead and fight like hell for the living. That's how
0: I roll. Hey everybody, I hope you enjoyed this week's story. I just wanted to take a couple of seconds to tell you how important it is to me and how committed I am to making sure that 7-Minute Stories is an authentic space where you and I connect through the art of storytelling without any dependency on ads or advertisements or anything like that. That we make this thing an 100% listener supported podcast. And you can be a huge part of making that possible by going to 7MinuteStoriesPod.com. That's the number seven, MinuteStoriesPod.com. And when you're there, click the merch tab on the website and buy yourself an awesome t shirt or an amazing hoodie. And I know we're gonna keep adding more stuff to that merchandise page, so keep checking back with it. I appreciate you all, and I'll talk to you next week.